mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, Inside the Heart of a Champion, with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here. Martial arts and boxing. There we go. All good to go now. I uh, hope everybody's having a great Sunday morning. As we got ourselves, it was a it was a pretty quiet week. We had some PFL this week. Uh, shout out to Kayla Harrison, Lance Palmer getting their wins. Million dollars on New Year's as they had that going on. Uh, but, you know, it's been, as far as UFC is concerned, we're still on uh, quiet, quiet weeks until we get to, of course, the return of Conor McGregor. Taking on Donald Cerrone, we got some of those advertisements yesterday during the uh, AFC Wild, uh, the AFC Wild Card game with uh, the Bills and Texans, and it's a little bit weird. They're doing the whole uh, Eminem without me, like it's uh, it's it's a, it's a strange thing to put a uh, to put a to put a fight promotion to. But I thought this was an important week with the Conor McGregor thing because we finally got to hear from him, uh, which has not been the case. It's been it's been a long time since we've really heard from Conor. Uh, especially talking from a fight perspective, you know he's done his apology tours with uh, with hitting the old man and whatnot and things like that. But as far as him talking about fighting and what he wants to do with fighting, it's been a while, and we did finally get a chance to to hear where he's at, what he's interested in, what his plans are uh, with this whole comeback tour. When he did his uh his little one on one with the Mac Life, which is his website. And, you know, it was it was interesting as far as, you know, people made a lot of out of uh, his his uh, appearance last week as he's at 170 pounds. And what was he looking like? How does he how does he uh, how does the body look going into this fight against Don Cerrone? He does look good. He looks he looks uh, looks muscular, looks, looks well built. But, you know, Kyle's never been a guy who looks out of shape. It's never he's never had an issue making weight. Uh, he's always been a guy who. Physically looks good. I mean, you know, people have questioned his cardio before and, and his gas tank before, especially when he expels that power a lot early on. But yeah, no surprise. He looks he looks great. Now there were comments this week that came out from his trainer John Cavanaugh saying that this is the best he's ever looked. That he is uh, he's in he's in a form where he hasn't seen him. Bessie's look getting ready for Don Cerrone. Make it out what you will. I will say the uh, some of the interesting things that came out of this was him saying that him training for Habib was 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 an awful experience. That you know he uh, he 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 takes all the responsibility, but he didn't. He was you know, you know he didn't like who he was in the build up to that fight, and uh, and it cost everybody around him. He let everybody around him down. Um, and so maybe he's trying to make all that good. Maybe this is a guy who uh, didn't like how that fight uh, came out. He felt like he cheated himself a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he would have trained as, as best as he could, and he still would have gotten whooped by Khabib. That 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 was the most interesting thing to me out of all of uh, the interview <coughs> was the idea that you know that that the Khabib fight still really sticks with him, and it's still at a point where I don't think he really accepts how far the gap is and how far the gap of that fight was. Um, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, what ifs, ifs, ands, or buts. And so maybe that is uh, him looking at that matchup and thinking that he could have just done a whole lot better. Um, you know, but like there were, 
the things that the things that are interesting about it, it's like he goes into this uh, this this diatribe about the fight and starts talking about the second round and is like, well, if he didn't land that 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 knockdown punch in the second round, I mean, what are we even talking about? What else did he do? It's like, I get you, man, but like the, the thing that we're looking at with that fight is you're not supposed to get clipped like that by Habib. You're not like you're you're Conor Mother Bleeping McGregor. Like you have the 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 left hand of God. You're you're supposed to be the guy that uh, Mystic Mac predicts these things, all this stuff. You're not supposed to get hit with that, with that, with that loopy over the top right hand from a guy who nobody really respects. Uh, Habib striking. Maybe it's gotten a little bit better, but that's not what you go into these fights worried about. And I've said this, you know, many a times. Like you lost every facet of that fight. He landed the best shot of the fight. Uh, he dominated on the ground and, and, and he choked you out. Like there's not, there's not a lot of areas you can go to. I mean, you can go and say, well, things weren't that bad and all that stuff. Uh, eventually the, the whole point of it was he broke you down by the fourth round and, and got you to tap out. So I really don't know where McGregor looks at these things and, and things, you know, the one thing I will say is, uh, you know, you think back to that fight and you think about, uh, how plotting McGregor looked. And, you know, he's normally a guy who's super light on his feet, uh, does a lot of his kicks, and he did say uh, in, in previous interviews that he did have a messed up foot. That that could be a real X factor if, if they go into another fight, if, if McGregor looks a lot faster, is able to move a lot better. Um, those are definitely things. But the interesting thing about this interview in particular was, you know, he's looking about this as a, as a season, three, four fights, this the opening one. Him and Cowboy have had a lot of uh, a lot of interactions over the times, circling each other around a lot. Just has never really happened. So, with these guys finally squaring off, this is not an easy fight that he's coming back for. Um, but it's a it's a it's de- it's definitely a huge it's a huge fight from a marketing standpoint because of what a star co- Cowboy is. So it's a very recognizable name. I'm almost surprised that they're going the route on any of these ads of not having it all just be the, their interaction because Cowboy is such a fan favorite. Um, the other thing about it is that's interesting is, you know, he says that he is keeping himself at 170. didn't want to cut for this one because he imagines he's going to probably do a quick cut and, and jump right in for the title fight at 155 because he imagines somebody in between Tony and Habib is going to drop out. Honestly, it's not bad logic from his standpoint because it, that has happened four times before. These guys have gone in there, and they have been scheduled to fight each other. So the idea that that fight would fall apart again, you know, not a terrible theory. Not a terrible theory on his on his part. Now, um, the interesting thing will be if the UFC would go that route, like short, uh, short, short notice, throw Connor in there because. Normally, they like to give Connor the uh, the appropriate promotion time as it comes for a fight, especially if it was him versus Tony. If it was him versus Khabib, you could probably do it in 13 seconds, and you'll get 2 million buys, I'm, I'm sure, because of all the personal bad blood. <coughs> but the other interesting thing about that is, you know, him saying that uh, that Habib is trembling, doesn't want the idea of a rematch, why he dismisses it. Uh, if it did come down to that, where they were saying... Uh, you know, you know. Tony, let's just say, for example, Tony fell out of that fight. Uh, would would Habib go in there, and would he accept a rematch against Conor McGregor as a replacement, or would he say do it against Gaethje? 
I think that'd be an interesting. That's that's going to be an interesting dynamic as it comes down to. Um, the other thing that I find interesting about it is, you know, from a from a, from a standpoint of the uh, our guy down here, Jorge Masvidal. Um, here was his quote. He says, "Yeah, I'd like to face George. I'm not going to 170 just for George. He hasn't got anything really. I mean, uh, he says I think it's unfi- uh, He goes, uh, he didn't think that the uh, the BMF fight proved anything. He says I think it's unfinished in my opinion. That belt is unfinished." It was only getting into a good bout, I believe, and we were robbed of rounds four and five. Um, But I like that welterweight bout. I like that the welterweight title fight uh, between Usman beat Covington. I like the look of that one. I like the look of Kamara Usman. I like Colby. I'm open to all of it at 170. Um, He says, I want that gold. I'm after the gold at 155 and 170. I'm here chasing the belts now. And that's what he's after. That He's after going to get uh, championships and things like that. But the idea of uh, you know Masvidal not have anything. I mean, the one thing if you if you're chasing belts, I guess that's that's the case. You don't feel like you have anything there with uh, going after Hori Masvidal. But you want to talk about? I think what is I, probably outside of Habib your most marketable fight. It is Hori Masvidal. I mean, that is the biggest fight out there. I think for Conor right now because you know George is the 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 biggest star at 170 right now. He is. Um, but I respect. Look. The one thing I'll say about Conor McGregor, look, Conor McGregor's got 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 big old grapefruits. I, I don't doubt him when he says he wants to fight guys like uh, Masvidal or fight Usman. You know, Usman is is an absolute terror of a matchup for him. You know, it's another it's it's he's he, it's 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 like you're going in there and you're you're facing a lot of the the great things that Habib brings to the table, but you're fighting a guy who's way bigger and stronger. So you think about all that. And that he's willing to go in there and try and go win the belt there, you know. It, it, nobody, uh, nobody is ever going to accuse Conor McGregor of uh, of not being up for the challenge when it comes to fights. He is. I mean, he always has been. Um, so that's the uh, so so that's that's the beauty of it. It's just, you know, the idea that we're going to be uh, you, you you think that you're going to roll into this thing at, at 170. I th- I feel like. If you're gonna get yourself ready for a 170 fight, um, you should probably be at the point where you're taking on the most 170 opponents possible, because to get used to that strength, to get used to that size, all of that stuff, um, the jumping up and down between 155 and 170 is gonna be tough on him. Because I feel like you're getting ready for a different kind of beast when you're taking on Kamara Usman. It's not that Khabib isn't a beast because he is. It just feels like you're going into to even different territory of of waters when you're going against against Kamar Usman. And look, Connor looks Connor looks swole. He looks big and all that stuff. But we know what his struggles are when it comes to the ground game and what guys can do when they can bring that to him. And and uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I really, really do. But the uh, you know the idea that oh we were robbed of rounds against Nate. no we weren't. <coughs> We weren't robbed of anything. We, uh, I mean, you know, Nate Diaz was taking a terrible beating in that fight. Uh, he was cut open nasty. And the funny thing about it is, and 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 this is, you know, especially for for people who are huge Diaz fans, is we always go to the the place of we think that if you get the extra time, if if the X factor happens where you're allowing a fight to go on, you always think that the comeback is going to happen, but you never take into account the fact that it could get worse. You could get worse. And so 
were, you know, you think in that the standpoint of, oh, if they would have let it go, Nate was obviously going to come back. It's like, well, no. I mean, he could have, he could have, the fight could have stood up and he could have taken more kicks to the body and more elbows to the head and, you know, maybe would have gotten flying knee because he couldn't see uh, all the stuff that was getting into his eye from that standpoint. So, it's uh, it's it's always funny when we're like, oh, we were robbed of this experience. No, we weren't. If anything, the only thing that we were robbed of is is maybe seeing a worse finish from Nate Diaz too. I mean, can we say that? Um, but as far as him, you know, laying out this this plan. Look, it, it's it's a show me mode for this point with Conor McGregor. It, it really is, and. Everybody who is a, a, a UFC fan, I would say, loved the ride of Conor McGregor and loved what it was when he was at the top of the game. I mean, when you're talking about this guy who steamrolled through the featherweight division, had the knockout that he did against Jose Aldo, had the fights that he did against Nate Diaz, had the fights that he did uh, where he won the belt against Eddie Alvarez. I mean, it was an incredible ride. It really, really was. All this double champ stuff. That's all platformed by him. The reason that you know the UFC sold for $4 billion is in large part because of Conor McGregor. The reason it's on ESPN now is in large part because of Conor McGregor. The guy is a huge, huge important factor into the fight game. There's no doubt about that. But <clears throat> we are at a point right now where we need to see the guy um, go and perform in the cage. And it's just been... It's just been a a case of 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 lack of chances at this point. You know, we saw him fight Floyd Mayweather and we saw him fight Habib. But other than that, he's been inactive. So if we get a busy year of him, maybe he'll get a lot better. I don't know, but it's just been a long time since we've seen that guy, and I don't know if we'll get that guy back. I think everybody's in a little bit of uh, doubt mode that we'll see that Conor McGregor come back anytime soon. Um, but if he does. Look, it'd be a hell of a comeback story. It really, really would. But it's it's a it's a it's a long road. It's a long, long road. And and this this cowboy fight's gonna go a long way into proving where he's at. And if he actually does look a lot better than people think that he does. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790 the ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury rolls on this Sunday morning. A fine Sunday morning. A Patriots got their asses kicked and are out of the playoffs Sunday morning. A Heat basketball Sunday. Oh, it's all it's all it's all good for it. Very quiet fight weekend, to be honest with you. It was uh, it was uh, one of these things where I'm looking at the schedule for next week, and you got three boxing matches coming up. You got Friday in Atlantic City. Showtime is going to be going down. Uh, they got Clarissa Shields taking on Ivana Habaz, and this was supposed to go down uh, a couple months ago. I remember being at Fifth Street Gym for that. Um, as Clarissa is trying to break Vasily Lomachenko's record as uh, fastest to championships in three divisions. So she's going down and wait for this fight. Um, and then there was a, a whole thing that went down where uh, I believe it was her brother uh, attacked the trainer of Ivana Habazin, put him in the, put him in the hospital. Uh, it was a, a, whole, a whole tragedy that went down. Uh, which really sucked. It was supposed to be in, in Clarissa's hometown as well, and the whole fight got scrapped 24 hours beforehand. So these two, um, you know, there's a, there's a big backstory going into this whole thing, um, which was supposed to be kind of just a coronation for Clarissa Shields. This was supposed to be an, an opportunity for her to 
get uh, get this get this belt and and you know solidify herself as a as a as a women's boxing great, which I think everybody knows that she is. Fascinating thing it'll be about this is I believe they're inviting Amanda Nunes to this fight, um, and those two have kind of been circling each other a little bit uh, as far as one taking on the other. Uh, although I gotta say with this one, you know, this isn't one of those things where normally it's been the boxer is going to be the one that gets the 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 home field advantage in this one, and that normally the MMA fighter is the one who goes to to the boxer. Like for example, we talked about on this show, we talked about Stipe Miocic uh, going to fight Tyson Fury. I don't think that's that crazy of a fight. Main reason because Tyson Fury is an, an ESPN fighter. UFC is basically an ESPN property now. It doesn't seem that crazy. If they wanted to do something like that, a crossover blend, why not do it? <clears throat> it's one of these things where if your bosses come to and you say, hey, we're interested in doing this thing, maybe you do one of one. I don't know. Um, you know, Clarissa is a, a, a Showtime fighter for now, uh, but has talked about the idea that she is interested in jumping to UFC because they just treat they treat uh, women's fighting uh, on a different level than boxing is, which is crazy because – you know, it's only been, what, something for a decade now? And at a point where the president at one point said there was never going to be any women fighting in the UFC. And now you have basically the face of women's boxing telling you, yeah, I don't like how people are treated in the sport of boxing. Uh, women are treated in the sport of boxing, so I'm going to go to a place where it seems like it's treated a bit more fair, and they have been. You know, women have main-evented huge pay-per-views, um, have gotten the opportunity to to headline highest rating rated cards on ESPN and Fox and all of that stuff. So it just looks like it's treated upon a, a more equal playing field, uh, which to me is it speaks to, well, why would you think Amanda Nunes would go jump to box? I think at that point you you want to make the move. You have to go and, and do a fight with her at a mixed martial arts fight. And, and then you start thinking about that, and you're like, well, that's crazy because Amanda's a black belt on the ground. She trains at the best, you know, one of the best gyms on the planet. Where would uh, Clarissa Shields even go from that standpoint <clears throat> to train and get better at this stuff? She obviously hits like a Mack truck um, and is is uh, is very big, is bigger than Amanda. So, you know, from a striking standpoint, maybe she has that advantage. And maybe Amanda, if she got in there, wouldn't really want to wrestle. You know, she says that she is, wink, wink. Um, but maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. But, but – this fight's going to be interesting because Clarissa is going into a fight where she is trying to make history, but also feels like there's a bit of a running clock on, on her boxing career because she is already looking for other avenues. And I said this to her when we, when we interviewed her. I was like, listen, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to put everything around Clarissa Shields as far as promotion is concerned. I know people don't sometimes like the fact they think that she's uh, – too opinionated, too loud, and all that stuff. For me, Clarissa Shields is one of the best ambassadors boxing has right now. That woman is tweeting, promoting opinions on every single matchup, every single fight. She has something to say. Uh, she should almost get paid for her tweets about the events that are going down. Um, and the idea that they can't wrap their arms around that is is very, very strange to me. Um, because you have seen the success that women have had in the UFC that <clears throat> the PFL is putting around Kayla Harrison. Like, 
you find yourself a, a, a great woman's fighter, people are going to be into watching it. It's, it's just not as weird as it used to be or so as alien as it used to be. So she's a fascinating story. She's an un, she's an Olympic champion. I don't really know what other factors. She's charismatic. I don't really know what factors you would want around it. Um, but she's been very vocal about the fact that, you know, this, this whole boxing thing seems like it's got a running clock on it. Um, but as quiet as this week was, you have yourself a, a pretty busy week coming up next week. You also have on ESPN, Jesse Hart's going to be taking on Joe Smith Jr. Shout out to uh, Xander Zayas, who's going to be making his third professional fight on this car. We had Xander in studio this week. I tell you, man, people think the world of this kid. They really, really do. Um, it's it's sometimes it's almost it's strange because you're you talk to somebody from the start, which we have with Xander. We talked to him before we talked to him right after he signed his professional card uh, contract. <clears throat> we talked to him before his first professional fight, and now he's going for his third one. And you know he's 17 years old, and you're like, man, like you don't even realize how good the kid can be, but you see him in action and he's steamroll folks. Uh, the only thing that I find uh, I'm interested in watching with him is. He is an absolute monster size-wise when it comes to welterweight, and he's only 17 years old, so he's making that weight fairly early. I want to know what the end game is going to eventually be for him size-wise, but um, you know he's a Sunrise Florida native. A lot of the the fans from Puerto Rico uh, are very passionate about him. You know, seeing the buzz on social media, Top Rank has been great about promoting him as well as you know they put out our interview and that retweeting it and re-promoting it. They they, they think the world of the kid, so. If you guys are looking for a good local spin next week, check out on ESPN. Xander Zayas fighting, and uh, he's taking on Corey Champion, a four-round fight. Probably one of the first fights of the night. That's the great thing about ESPN+. Plus. You get to see these things. You get to see the whole damn card through. Um, and you get to see a guy's career develop. They did this with Shakur Stevenson. Now, he's going to be one of their you know, their their premier guys, guys fighting for belts and all that stuff. Um, that's the one good thing I like about Top Rank, man, is that they have – they have been uh, doing the whole thing of 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 genuating interest in guys from the start and seeing it on through. Uh, it's a great it's a great model for them to have. And then you also have next week you have on DAZN Jaime Munguia. He's taking on Gary Spike O'Sullivan, who has a great handlebar mustache. Well, is it a handlebar mustache? What is the one that's wispy? I don't think that's a handlebar. Is it? I don't. I don't know. He's got like those old uh, kind of uh, gangs of New York. Type uh, type looks that he's got to him, and uh, you know Jaime Munguia is is you know one of their one of their big stars in 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 the zone. They're hoping that you know he can be a big thing for him as far as uh, the middleweight division is concerned. But I will say this about him: you know we know that speaking of uh, Irish guys that he had trouble with, we know that he had trouble with Dennis Hogan. A lot of people thought they lost that fight. Thought that he was going to rematch for that fight. Never ended up happening. Um, so seeing him back in action this will be going to be uh, will be interesting as well. DeZone was interesting because I listened to this Eddie Hearn. He was on Chris Mannix's podcast uh, this past week, and he was talking about that he wants to uh, he wants to raise he wants to tell DeZone to raise the monthly rate to fifty dollars, so people uh, people go and buy. The annual pass. <coughs> and I got to say, I don't know what, what head is on 
uh, Eddie Hearn that he thinks that's a good idea because I think from this standpoint, you know, they don't charge as much for boxing in in uh, in England, you know, for for a pay per view. For example, like Conor McGregor is going to be on pay per view, and it's uh, you know, it's it's basically twenty two dollars for pay per view to watch Conor McGregor fight. You got to watch him fight here. You got to watch him on ESPN Plus for basically about eighty dollars, I would say. Um, 70 maybe it's somewhere in that range and I just love the fact that all of these guys with the zone right now are in this point where they think that because we have Anthony Joshua and Canelo Alvarez and all these guys that everybody wants to pay top pay-per-view price uh Every every single time that these guys fight, it's just not the case. Like, you guys have had Canelo Alvarez on the zone, but you haven't put the best fights with Canelo Alvarez on the zone for his for his career there. So like, you go out there and you're like, well, it's a bargain because these Americans will go out there and they were paying sixty seventy dollars every time to watch Canelo fight. It's like, well, no, at our discretion, if a fight was dubbed worthy of it, then yeah, I would pay sixty seventy eighty dollars. And in lunacy cases, you pay a hundred. But like, if you're talking about his three fights that have been at the zone, have been Rocky Fielding. I mean, in all honesty, do you think you would have paid pay per view prices to watch Canelo Alvarez against Rocky Fielding? Probably not. Probably not. <coughs> now, mind you, I know they basically gave that fight away for free because that was the sign up, get a month free, cancel if you want to. Daniel Jacobs, pay per view worthy fight. Pay-per-view worthy fight for sure. Sergey Kovalev, nah. I mean, it's a recognizable name, but Sergey Kovalev has not been a guy. Him and Andre Ward, one of the biggest pay-per-view flops of all time. It's not a guy that has been this huge pay-per-view draw. And so, getting back to it is just like he goes in this 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 uh, this target area where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's gonna want to watch all of these fights because otherwise you would be paying six thousand. Well, no, it's not the case because like. For example, Anthony Joshua. How many Anthony Joshua fights have been in pay-per-view? Most of them were going to be in the middle of the day watching them on Showtime or HBO or any of that stuff. Um, you know, so this idea that you're getting this huge bargain, uh, it's kind of nonsense to me. And I think that was the whole beauty of getting these guys from month to month. They're like, well, yeah, but you 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 want to get the yearly subscription, $100. It's like, do I? <coughs> I mean, have you really sold me enough? that you guys are putting on those kind of products where I want to invest the entire year in you. I, I just I think they're I think that they've gotten a little a uh, little affront to what kind of uh what kind of a uh, a menu they have, especially for the fact that there is a lot of competition out there right now. And no other no other promotion is pulling this stuff. Fox is putting on their fights still for free. Um outside of a pay-per-view worthy fight in Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Um, and then you think about ESPN. ESPN Plus, one of the best values in sports right now. Um, they're not jerking around with their fans all the time. And, you know, the thing that annoys me most about this Eddie Hearn thing is you already did this to your fans. You know, you you, you went in there with, an inf- with the price of 10 bucks a month. And... I'm looking at this idea of 
okay, we have uh, we we have this we have this uh, this this new model. We pay out all this money. Guess what? Twenty dollars a month. Really, just out of nowhere, just dropping it like that. So it just feels like there's been no loyalty to the to the customer of DAZN, and I've I've made my 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 bones about this whole thing with their just their broadcast in general as as far as the quality of their stream as they're just not up to snuff with the other people. Um, and now you want to talk about oh we're gonna start paying we, we we're so good we need to hammer at home so good how you should be with us for a year. Let's charge fifty dollars a month, it's like, bro. What? 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 What do you? What? Why? To 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 see, to 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 see uh, Anthony Joshua take on Pulev. That's really worth my value. Otherwise, I'd be seeing that for free here, or for my premiere, uh, my fifteen dollars a month that I paid for Showtime back in the day. It just missed the mark with me, man. It really did. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM seven ninety The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury continues here on the ticket. So I saw in the Herald they got to speak with Yoriokis Gamboa, and he is not going to require surgery on his Achilles tendon that he ruptured in the loss to Javante Davis. He is going to go uh, undergo aggressive physical rehab, um, but it is going to probably keep him out of training for up to three months. I, I, I still can't believe what we saw last week with that whole thing because – and I almost wish that we had the understanding of what was going down with Gamboa as it was happening because it was so it was it was so misrepresented as the broadcast was going on that he had just messed up his his equipment and it turned out that the entire fight he was fighting on a on a on a blown on a blown Achilles is it's unbelievable unbelievable so very very uh, very impressive showing by him. Uh, hopefully that he has a, a, a speedy recovery. Obviously at 38, things are never as easy to recover from, but just it was an absolute badass performance by him. And yeah, Javante Davis ended up getting the win and stopping him in the 12th round. But I mean, this guy was 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 giving it back to him in the in the sixth seventh round. He was still he was still giving some action to Javante Davis, and you find out that he's on one leg. Really really impressive by him. Um, and the showing from the. Uh, from the Miami Natives, so pretty cool there. Speaking of guys who uh, who trained down here, Kamar Usman, he had a uh, he had a response to Conor McGregor's interview with the Mac Life, and he says, "My man Conor McGregor, please go in there and take your L from Cowboy. Don't even dream of this welterweight title because that dream can turn into a nightmare fast." Um, <clears throat> that'll be interesting. You know, Kamar came out this week and he said that his dream matchup would be against George Saint Pierre. And it's so interesting with Kamara because he's at the spot right now where you just beat Colby Covington, uh, a great fight, great, great fight, and an amazing win in the fifth round. And I think was uh, was one of those that really could launch him because, you know, Colby's got such heat behind him. Everybody hates his guts. And so you're the guy that was able to to kind of stop that train and all that stuff that went down. But, you know, it, it is interesting that he's looking at these matchups and, you know, he's got big money potentials with Jorge Masvidal. He's got big money potentials with 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 Conor McGregor and you know, he's really uh he's really almost dismissing them and is is at this point where he wants to he wants to go and and have this great legacy fight against George St. Pierre. Uh and you got to give it to him. If that's if that's really the place he wants to go to because no doubt 
that's a that's a tough matchup. Now George is older. I mean, there is that. So <clears throat> you know, maybe you feel like you're getting the guy on the on the the way back end of his career, but he's still George Mother bleeping St. Pierre. Uh, he's a he's a two division champion. He came out of uh, came out of retirement, won a fight against Michael Bisbing at 185 pounds, and then you know up and left with some weird digestive disease. But he's always training. I mean, they say that he never leaves the gym, so it's not like you're going to get a guy who's completely off base and going to be out of shape. Um, I just find what Kamara's doing very very fascinating. I really really do. Uh, I still want to see him versus versus uh, versus George. I think that's that I've been saying that you know now for for a, a, a while when this whole welterweight thing would settle down i want to see those two in a cage for the welterweight championship <clears throat> that's what's deserved right now it really is i mean um i know that that usman disagreed with that and he thought that leon edwards is the guy but look kamaro's so damn good and he's gone and beaten colby tyron and and leon edwards and Woodley and Edwards are going to fight each other. I don't know where Colby goes from here. You know, he's he's in this this business rift with the UFC. Uh, he's teased going to WWE. Uh, he did have a good fight against Kamar Usman, so he's not far from getting back in there. And I almost think that it would have been good if we can get at some point him versus Woodley because those guys had a lot of heat with each other too. So I would, I would love to see Colby versus, uh, versus Tyron Woodley at one point. Um... But Usman dismissing Masvidal is so interesting because he is kind of the last thing, the, the last contender for a guy whose uh, reign hasn't been that long at, at welterweight. He's on the way beating up Leon Edwards. He's beaten up Tyron Woodley, beat him soundly. We haven't seen Tyron Woodley get beat up like that. Um, And then, you know, had a, had a really, really great fight with, with Colby Covington, but ended up stopping him in the fifth round. And it was uh, – so now we're at this spot where you have Jorge Masvidal who, you know, he, he has said – it's it's so weird where everybody's priorities are, you know? You have <clears throat> you have Jorge Masvidal who wants to fight for biggest checks, has said that he wants to fight, you know, the Diaz brothers, Nick Diaz, fight Conor McGregor, go and get the biggest paychecks, been in the game forever, that's what he wants to fight for. You have Kamaru Usman, who seemingly is saying that he wants to fight for legacy, uh, wants to fight a guy in George St. Pierre, and that would be the one that means the most to him. You have Conor McGregor, who is the money man, and he says that all he wants to fight for are championships, whether that involves Habib and 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 uh, and, and fighting Kamaru for the welterweight championships. Um, I've said, like, if I had my ideal way, the way I would love it to go is I would love to see and I said this, uh, you know, before Christmas. I said, "Well, if I had my my dream scenario, if I could see a fight go through, I'd love to see uh, Masvidal win the welterweight championship and see Connor fight Masvidal for the championship. I think that would be like the biggest one of all time. Um, you know, for for Kamaro, the biggest fight for him right now. I mean, I I think George is is always going to be a big fight when he comes back, but I do think that for his star potential." Um, and for him to continue to rise and be big, I think it is. Be- I think it is beating uh, Jorge Masvidal for first, and then if you beat, see, here's the thing for Kamara. <clears throat> you know, if he has this opportunity where he beats Jorge Masvidal, and then has the chance to go and beat Conor McGregor, I mean, you're going to be undeniable as a star. Like, I'm not even 
not even Habib has that many options to raise him up. And Habib has already taken a big, big leap star-wise after beating Conor. But if you're a guy in Usman where you can go and beat Masvidal and beat Conor McGregor in the same year, I mean, you're you're off like a rocket ship. You really, really are. And then that's when I think you do a fight like George St. Pierre. I really, really do. I think that the idea of Kamaru doing that fight against GSP now is almost too soon. You know, you're 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 so fresh on people's minds of what you could be as a welterweight champion. Um getting those two because look, you already you already have the nibble. You know, Conor McGregor has said that he's interested in fighting you. So cool. That's there. Um but I do think that the best option is make it an even bigger deal. You know, go out there and try and beat the uh, and beat Jorge Masvidal. So if Conor has all these options in front of him, going for his third division championship is the one that he's going to want to go to the most. And I think that'll show also like you know, maybe it'll show Connor, oh, the this is how he would fight a guy who loves to stand up first and box and all that kind of stuff. Even though George has a lot of different skill sets that, that Connor doesn't bring to the table. Um it's not like wrestler versus wrestler like it would be versus uh versus Colby Covington. Um you know, that being said, it's still a huge risk because Hori Mosfell could absolutely go out there and obliterate Kamara Usman and then where we're at. But those three right now are in an interesting an interesting dance of time. They're in a different they're an interesting dance of priorities and what they're interested in and where they're at in their careers. Because you know, Connor's done all of it. You know, he's he's at this point where it almost seems like if you could read in anything into what he was saying in this in this interview that he was doing with the Mac Life, you know, he does seem like a guy who is looking for, I don't know if redemption is the right word, but he's looking for uh, he's looking for another chapter. <coughs> that he's he's done everything there was to do, uh, and that's all good. He got to the point where he got out of the sport and fought Floyd Mayweather, but he's had all this nonsense and and bad stuff around him with with uh, with with this profile career. It's it's been so cliche. It's 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 almost been. It's it's been uninteresting, you know. And, and from the standpoint of, you're talking about the most interesting fighter, one of the most interesting fighters of the last decade, uh, maybe of all time. And he, we were always fascinated by seeing what he was going to say, what he was going to do, what was his, what was his path here, how is he going to lay the groundwork. He's always been an innovator. And to see Conor McGregor go out of the octagon and be basically like every other fighter cliche that has gone uh with 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 success and fame and all that stuff you're kind of just like yeah it's it's kind of disappointing so you want to see all right can he actually get this back because you almost forget how fantastic he was but you also wonder can he get it back like is it is it is it possible for him to to harness those talents and, and be the guy that he was um, that got him to this point. It seems almost impossible because of of just, first of all, um, it, it seems impo- it seems tougher because this was a guy who I think was a special a special featherweight uh, with his with his size, with his power, with all the dynamic, the thing that really catapulted his rise. And now you're talking about two weight classes higher that he's going to be swimming in those types of waters. His first fight, which everybody's supposed to think is is a, a quote unquote gimme, is against a guy in 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 Donald Cerrone who's really good at everything. I mean, everybody looks at him and they say, "Well, 
I mean, Donald, Donald's mainly a striker. Dude, Donald will take your ass down. He will submit you. He will do all types of things to you that 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 he pleases. He is he is an absolute monster. Um, the thing that I think is tough for Connor, uh, that is tough for Cowboy, is you know you can bully Cowboy a little bit, and if you do walk him down, you do get off to those fast starts, um, which is where Connor is best. Uh, it can make for a quick night, but if if this is a fight where it can go back and forth a little bit, perhaps we're going to be at a point where. Um, you know, maybe Connor's going to be in trouble. But if he, but but the reason why a lot of people look at this matchup and they say, well, you know, this is tailor made for Connor. It, there are a lot of things that are tailor made uh, for Connor because of how we know Cowboy has struggled in the past with guys who are like this. But also, this is a guy who's not uh, he's not naturally bigger than Connor. He's not a guy who uh, who who is is going to you know necessarily walk through the fire like a lot of the guys who have given those troubles to uh to to Donald before um but but assuming Connor does get through this and I don't like overlooking cowboy like this he says that he wants to 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 hop in there and he wants to do the fight with Habib versus Tony but let's say that doesn't happen what is the next fight then? Like, what is is it? Gaethje? I mean, he says he's open to the Gaethje fight, um, which is you know people think you know he's going out there and he's ducking he's ducking Justin Gaethje. Uh, if he beats Justin Gaethje, you know it's it's pretty undeniable. He's 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 in line for a title shot again. Um, this is a guy who's a, a, a two a two division champion. He goes and he gets a win, two wins like that over top ten guys or top five guys, no matter the weight class. You're going to be in line for a title. Not with that kind of star power. It's not going to take much for people to say, "Yeah, put Connor back in there for a belt." So, it's fascinating. It look, this next couple of weeks is going to sell us a lot. We'll get more exposure, I think, and 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 spotlight onto what is going to make him tick, and what is going to make him want to go. <clears throat> but I think that the uh, I, I think that it is it is fascinating seeing where particularly in the welterweight division where those three guys are, is that, you know, Kamara wants to fight for legacy. Connor wants to fight for new championships, uh, which I guess is kind of under the uh, umbrella legacy, but Connor's legacy is so set as it is. It's almost like he wants to just prove to himself that he's an elite fighter again. And George, yes, legacy is important, but mostly George wants to make a heap of cash, keep the star on the rise. Um, and if, if belts come with it, belts come with it. But, you know, he just fought a fight against Nate Diaz. They made up their own damn belt and it was a huge success. So it's an interesting watch. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, you missed any of the show, download the podcast. We'll be back same time, same place next week. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Back with Leroy Horde. We'll have a full recap of the NFL playoffs, the Heat's weekend. They're taking on Portland Trailblazers tonight. You can hear that game right here on the ticket. 6 o'clock tip-off from the American Airlines Arena. 5 o'clock, Jet Blue Vacations pregame show with Zaslow and Tommy Tig. And, yeah, we'll have it all for you tomorrow. Everybody have a great rest of your Sunday, and see you.